Star Wars. Not just six movies by George Lucas anymore, but an entire franchise of films, television shows, tie-in books, comics, games both mobile and board, and, of course, toys. With the release of Star Wars The Force Awakens and its subsequent box office success, the new Keepers of the Holocron, the Walt Disney Company, has committed to providing years of Star Wars content in the near future. Where culture is created, it will be discussed. So we're proud to present another installment in Fighting in the War Room's ongoing series of Star Wars specials. Hello, and welcome to another Fighting in the War Room Star Wars special. We are recording this on Thursday, February 25th. On this day in Star Wars history in 1986, Return of the Jedi was released on the classic format of Laserdisc. I don't know where the flip point was, but I'd be really interested if anybody... Oh, I think the flip point... This is the first... That's the way I saw Return of the Jedi the first time on Laserdisc. This and is I Matt think Patches the... of uh, Thrillist oh, Entertainment. Hi. <laughs> yes, I think the flip point was after Jabba's Palace. Oh, wow. So it was Because just like... that, there's enough... You know, you, you might as well flip there it's like for an, an organic break. time. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, there's really no better moment. And then you are probably listening to this if you are an admirable Fighting in the War Room podcast subscriber on Friday, February 26th. And on that day in history in 2014, it was revealed that Adam Driver would be in Star Wars The Force Awakens. So lots of Star Wars history in the mid-low February. Who did people think he was going to play when that was first announced? Do you remember? Um, oh, I don't oh, know. Oh, rumor monger. I think we liked him a lot for villain, but I think at that point we were thinking solo twin. When did mm. he show up on the cover of, was it Esquire or GQ? Looking GQ, like me. Han Solo. Okay, GQ, looking <laughs> like Han Solo. Uh, uh, that's uh, Joanna Robinson of Daddy oh, Fairs Hollywood. And together we're your podcast team for today. Uh, we might know. be joined later by Neil Miller of we Film might. School Rejects. He got, uh, caught and he got to, bumped to out of hyperspace. He could be a solo twin. Yes. But he's not. Let's, let's be clear. Come on. But Go on the cover of, of GQ, he's wearing a vest and I think tight, at least tight pants, if not tight blue pants. So I don't know. I think that sparked a lot of, hey, he kind of looks like Harrison Ford. Commentary. Well, the tight blue pants sparked a lot of things, Joanna. I mean, Star Wars rumors. I... Whoa! <laughs> hey, lightsaber going up. <laughs> so a lot of stuff uh, has happened since we last spoke to you in January uh, across the Star Wars universe. I'm going to, I guess, walk our uh, my co-hosts through it, and uh, we could all sort of comment and question and speculate, as we usually do. I'm going to put the episode eight and the Rogue One stuff towards the latter half of the podcast behind a friendly spoiler wall, because sometimes you just want to talk about Star Wars without necessarily speculating something into ruinous territory, which I wish Rebels was already in, like, spoiler territory, but otherwise we're going to have to speculate where that goes a little bit later on. But I guess let's start off with, uh, oh, man, what's been most exciting to me in the past month? 
There's going to be a 16-inch BB-8 toy that's released that was uh, revealed at Toy Fair. <laughs> well, at least we're being honest. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. yep. That it responds right. to voice commands, and it has little remote, and I've already had discussion with my girlfriend who says, but you had two BB-8s, and I had to give one away. And I'm like, well, but then we could have a bigger one. And apparently that isn't I'm really bad better. with numbers and heights and that sort of thing like judging how big that would be i would read 16 inches and think that's fine but like how big is that as big as my cat so that's like if you buy a subway sandwich that's actually a foot long and then take what they call a six inch sandwich and stack it on stack it on top of it oh wow so that's like salacious crumb size yeah it's like you will notice it rolling around my apartment (laughs) no i won't i'm I'm not gonna be there well, you, I w- I, I'll come over be. to play. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll respond to your voice commands, which will be super fun. But Toy Fair was also uh, where we realized that there wouldn't be any Rogue One toys because there's going to be fun announcement, a second Force Friday, and it has been scheduled for the 30th of September this year, which is when all the Rogue One stuff is going to spin out into your wow. Walmarts and Targets. Wait, so... Every year we're going to get a Star Wars movie, and every year we're also going to get a Force Friday where YouTubers from around the world unpack Star Wars toys. Um, unbox. I'm sorry. <laughs> Un- unpack is the think piece term. <laughs> I'm going to be unpacking them. Let me unpack the yeah. unboxing of the Let Star me tell you Wars something toys. <laughs> about race, gender, and Star Wars toys. I'm going to unpack it for you. Unpacking videos do not do well on YouTube. <laughs> You should do that where you're uh, talking about race in Star Wars while unwrapping toys. Yes. Because you like, I don't really need to hear a description of the bubble packaging if I'm looking at the bubble packaging, let's be honest. (laughs) But like, this is definitely going to happen for, uh, what's happening for Rogue One, we know because we have the date. I'm guessing it's going to happen for Star Wars Episode Eight, but the Han Solo movie is going to be in May, which means it's early enough to hit your traditional toy cycle so we'll get those debuts in the toy fair area and then maybe some even around episode eight time uh just to hit christmas and not you know have to have toys in store what's the biggest plot thing or character thing that we learned from force friday about episode seven what's the biggest revelation oh man um was that, was that a gasp or were you being chokehold by I uh mean, it was so dramatic. Yeah, I'm unlike Dave, something's choking going on there. Well, because like the actual day in my mind is all about retail, and this one will be the same. It's more stuff will start leaking out as vendors start, you know, improperly setting up their, you know, toy aisles early. But I mean, the, the, a lot of the stuff that we learned for. Um, Let's see, what did we learn with The Force Awakens? We got all the side character names. We figured out that Elo Asti was named after a Beastie Boys album. Uh, we started thinking that maybe Constable Zubio was in the movie, which ended up not being true. <laughs> um, and we got a better look at the Kanja Club and Death Squad gangs. Uh, but like a lot of the more fun stuff was in publishing because that's when aftermath came out uh which gave us our first look at the universe after return of the jedi and the shattered empire comic books from marvel started to come out which started to lead into force awakens so that and we're still of- waiting for the toys to reveal ray as a character 
Uh, well, right. Oh, wait, well, I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> it's, a, it's a zing. zing. You unpacked the gender of that, man. Whoa. You did. <laughs> I love this Poe Dameron figure, but where's Ray? My unpacking mm. video. <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting because they did a weird thing where they bet it all on Kylo Ren and had professed to be Lost. shocked. Shocked when Ray was more popular. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do uh, when they're rolling into Rogue One with a female lead character. And we might have more about that later in the podcast uh, when we could discuss some particulars of that. But I think you guys, gonna... I'm, I'm really ready for my Diego Luna action figure. I, I was born ready for a Diego Luna action figure. There's going to so. be so many good action figures from this. <laughs> and then maybe like cool costumes for them. And anyway... That's that's sort it's of our play mer- sets that are going to be out of control. That's true. That's our merchandising angle, and that sort of leads us into Lego Star Wars, which thankfully I don't know. I, I, I'm following the Lucasfilm Keepers of the Holocron, or there's only one Keeper of the Holocron, but like the Lucasfilm Story Group people on Twitter because occasionally they'll tweet some clarifications or just good Star Wars jokes, and they tweeted that. Lego Star Wars is like a parallel canon. It's not actual canon. So I'm a little bit less nervous about a lot of the Lego stuff that we heard about uh, coming out of Toy Fair. <laughs> it's good not to be nervous about Legos. <laughs> yes. Uh, the first is that their uh, Lego is going to be releasing some shorts on Disney XD called uh, uh, Resistance Rises that take place uh leading up into The Force Awakens. So, like, Poe Dameron's a pilot, uh, C-3PO is his red arm. We've only seen one thus far uh, that features Poe Dameron and C-3PO rescuing Admiral Akbar from Captain Phasma and Kylo Ren. And a whole bunch of good Star Wars jokes, obviously for kids and Lego, but if you know you like that sort of thing, first of all, it's going to be your world for, like, the next two years which is weird between like Lego 2, Batman, and all these Star Wars things. But uh, the, the, it's, it's very serviceable. Maybe less so is the next Lego series that's coming up after Star Wars Rebels se- uh, season ends. It's going to be called the uh, Legends of the Freemakers, I believe. But it uh. takes place in between Return of the Jedi and... No, Empire and Return of the Jedi and follows a family of scrap yard, or people who like junk scrappers, junkers. They run around in, in when... It's uh, pronounced yunkers. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, I could have done it really racistly in a Watto accent, but I'm going to restrain myself. Never again, never again. I'd like to hear it. They, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you would. And then unpack it. They oh come boy. in and they grab all the My stuff left over after battles and they salvage it. Salvage it. There's the salvaging family. Uh, and the young kid uh, happens across a piece of a completely kyber crystal lightsaber that's an ancient Jedi artifact. And the family has to bop around the galaxy and collect the pieces before the Emperor could get it. From what I understand, this is mostly a delivery system for more Star Wars Legos without having to like make endless copies of X-Wings. Because there's already new ships, there are new characters. Yeah, their, their ship in this television show looks like um, the RV with wings from Spaceballs. Kind of. Yeah, and they fly <laughs> towards something that looks like Deep Space Nine at some point. There's a whole bunch of Lego Star Wars things that they've uh, they found a place in the canon where they could add more Lego ships. It looks more kiddie than um, than Rebels. Yes, it is definitely more kiddie than I don't see than myself Rebels. watching this show. I barely watch Rebels. 
I don't think I this try. is for us as much as it's for children that refuse to pay for or refuse to beg their parents for Legos unless there's something Lego actually on the TV at the given time. <laughs> Kids need scrapyard uh, junk collectors to look up to, so That's Star right. Wars is giving them. All kids How many portions need... is that lightsaber worth? <laughs> All kids need scrap to play with. I think that... Mommy, I want portions for my birthday. Is that... Is that that's your Simon Pegg uh, impression? Patches, it was yeah, perfect. It's pretty good. Thank it you. It was good. It was good. <gasps> Did you guys see the <laughs> por- the portions recipe popped up on StarWars.com this week? I saw that headline. How so? How do you make the bread? Did you Did you read this? Did you get this instruction? Because it's gray and inflates. So I'm curious. Is it for real? What? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't inflate. Basically, it's just like a microwave mug cake. I don't know if you've ever made those. I make them oh, in the yeah. winter. But okay. it's uh, it's sort of bread what, covered. Wait, what is color. a mug cake? Is that like a lava cake? It's like a cake, it's but like you make it in like a coffee mug in the microwave. Oh. So you mix everything together, you microwave it, it becomes a cake. Is it also green? Yeah. Is that Film School Rejects Neil Miller? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Neil I'm tried here. to like give us Neil gave us a heads up on Skype so that his his like intern to the podcast would be real smooth, but I guess Dave didn't read it, so oh, we were okay. finding a way to like lead him in like we were scrapping him back with <laughs> yeah. the remakers. Beamed him up. Beam him up, yes, Neil. Right? Boo, yeah. boo patches. <laughs> Wrong I, um, star. <laughs> I was practicing my force ghosting and nice. I disappeared, literally, for the first however long you guys have been talking. It's a problem nice. in the early years. You missed all the stuff about the toys and the merchandising and absolutely nothing about of actual substance thus far. Poor Neil. Yes. <laughs> the um, listeners love no, it. But I, that question is legit. Like, is wasn't the bread thing in um, The Force Awakens kind of greenish? Like yes, gray, it is sort of greenish. Green. I thought yeah. it was gray. This this recipe does match that grayish green color uh, specifically, but it's on StarWars.com. It's official. It's just sort of like a mug bread, sweet bread mug cake. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be like eating it as my only ration, but it's it's fun. All I wanted from the portion experience was to poke at a bowl with powder and water and get... I don't need a microwave. I, I don't need this shoddy mug cake version i want the future where i just have to sprinkle something into a bowl of water poke at it real magic and get bread yeah we'll get there one day now that now that we know we really want it we need an easy bake tie-in here maybe that's (laughs) uh not gender neutral enough for our future but easy bake ray bread inflation machine whatever that is i think the easy bake can be gender neutral yeah, yeah. Sure. Maybe the Star I don't Wars know universe. if I had one, but I played with one when I was a little kid. <laughs> and I didn't. So like and I ate crawlers. So there you go. <laughs> Should it be shaped like a gonk droid, and you just stick the the thing in there, and bread pops up? And then when it's done, it goes, "Your portion's done." <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> like a, the Snoke voice. Ugh. All right. All right. We're moving. We're still. We're still moving forward. Uh, <laughs> The last thing we have to cover that sort of has nothing to do with upcoming movies but does have to do with Star Wars lore is we know for sure now because the editors of uh, The Force Awakens are talking and saying that there are probably seven or eight. Actually, I think there are seven is the actual quote. Deleted scenes on The Force Awakens. 
Blu-ray. Uh, one includes Han Solo and one includes Ray, but that's all we know. Is that all we really know, or or like what do you guess? Do you think that like the Leia stuff, the extra Leia stuff, is going to be on there? Because there are like a lot of Leia stuff cut, right? I if I had to guess, we will get the snow speeder scene uh, that's. Uh, where Ray and Finn are supposed to hijack a snowspeeder to get around Starkiller Base. The uh, infamous, uh, how did she end up with Finn's jacket? Oh. Yes. That, um, and why are they on top? Like, why did they go up that ladder scene? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> okay. Because they're, like, being chased. There's, like, a chase scene. I, oh. I mean, maybe, not, maybe they won't because it has a full chase. It depends on how much they want to like finish graphics. I would really wish that the Maz Kanata uses her force power scene is in there because I heard from John Boyega that Harrison Ford's really funny in it. Maybe that's what this scene is, but I feel like that's just like too much effects but work. That would be creating canon. Yes. That's a deleted scene. I don't think we'd get any deleted scene that changes the track of the movie and you can't include a scene where Maz Kanata has force powers that would change everything or you right. can't include the Leia stuff because that's like a switcheroo moment you can probably include like Maz Kanata hitting on Chewbacca isn't that a scene doesn't he rip an arm off again or something yeah but that's on car that plot and I don't think he could do that Ugh. either <laughs> um, why can't you do that because I mean maybe you could do that it just seems like I mean actually you know what no I'm going to reverse myself in the middle of that argument Maybe that's actually on that scene because we know we filmed it. You could see behind the scenes shots of Simon Pegg in the full makeup. And I read an interview with somewhere where the editor said it just tonally didn't fit with what needed to happen in Maz's cantina to suddenly have like this violent bit. The echo to episode four wasn't like enough to, to keep it there. So maybe that is there. And then I think like the Leia, if we do get any extra Leia, it's going to be Leia talking to her politician girl who we only see once as her planet's blowing up with the senate just so we know there's even a connection between those two people i think that might be a scene that would yes that, that is pregnant that, moment needs is that is that her official character title politician girl no she has a character title she's a superhero <laughs> of the <She's>, law <laughs> i forget i forget her title she's uh Maisie sellers williams is That's actress- her I mean, I name? No, it's the actress's name, <laughs> I want to say. Hi, I'm uh, You're saying her name is Maisie Williams? <laughs> nope, never mind. It's something Sellers, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, all right, well, that, that'll be fun. We yeah. will, we'll enjoy pouring over those seven or eight. Maybe Max Bonsido gets another scene. Ooh. I really want him to pop up somewhere. Uh, Max Von but- Flashback. <laughs> yeah. He's just one of those characters that got a lot of backstory as we learn more about the first Force Awakens, like in the books and whatnot, that sounds interesting, but it sounds also like it's too tied up in Luke. But maybe we'll end up there. Maybe. Right. Wait, wait. Let's all say one, like, silly thing that we want to see on a deleted scene. I have one. Oh, yeah. I want to see the extended. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't have any serious things. Um, <laughs> Gotta be silly. I, I just want to see more of Matt, the radar technician. Nice. Nice. Wait, who is Matt the Ray? Is he, um, which one is he? Kylo Ren, undercover boss. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I thought I, I was thinking of, uh, what's his name from Game of Thrones who pops up for, uh, oh, Thomas Brody Sangster's, uh, yeah, pattern is full ish thing. 
I guess right. it's been determined now that these are just cameos. I, I would like to see an extended an extended scene explaining how Kylo Ren's hair does not deflate under his helmet. Dave, do you have anything, or am I making too much of a mockery of something you take very seriously? <laughs> no, I would like to see. I mean, I mean, I don't know if I want to see a deleted scene, but for the most part, I, I want like just an entire run of outtakes of Adam Driver and Donald Gleason trying to be serious while they were shooting all their scenes with Snoke, <laughs> because you got to imagine that that's like near impossible. To be like, man, we're ridiculous. Yeah, we're I hope they serious can people to have like <laughs> line take, line reel, where they're just spitting out new lines. And Andy Circus is like, I don't know, on a ladder in like a gray suit, <laughs> just like yelling down at them. Let me like, down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love any footage of Andy Circus in a mocap suit. What do you think he was actually there? Weren't they just looking at a tennis ball? Oh no, I think he was there. I think okay. uh, he said he said that he was on the stage and that they did do something to elevate him because that's how he got the idea that Snoke was going to be big. Oh. Yeah, I remember watching the the King Kong stuff with him was so funny. Like he was like up in a crane and then there was like a big animatronic hand that <laughs> Naomi Watts had to sit in, to flop right. around in. Yeah. Patches Oh, well, well, I was on vacation last week on the beach, and I was thinking about um, if everyone on Jakku gets sunburned. So I want a scene where maybe um, Ray trades half her portions for some suntan lotion. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> it's kind of the complaint where, like, everyone everyone hated 24 because Jack Bauer never went pee. Now I'm thinking, like, why doesn't everyone on Jakku gets terrible sunburn That's do people really hate 24 because jack bauer never went the people anyone who hates 24 <laughs> hates it because he never went pee <laughs> That's a did fact. you go pee during the commercials <laughs> well we never know neil that's the problem with the show <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> they didn't even solve it when they brought it back Jeez. that's it that's what 20 that's what the real 24 legacy is just being able to be a kick-ass agent that never has to eat or pee now oh, i, I want- now I oh, want a, an SNL supercut, uh, like a decade ago, whenever this would have been relevant, of like all this, all the places where Jack Bauer could have gone pee. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect timing for that one. <laughs> Just um, show Kiefer Sutherland like ducking out of a bathroom, like over and over again. Okay. Just pulling up his fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, serious deleted scene though. Or do you think that we'll see Kylo Ren get picked up before the planet explodes? Mm-hmm. That's a big question. Mark. No, I, I think mean he obviously ser- is alive, but. Serious deleted scenes, I think uh, they'll give us... I, I know they shot something with Captain Phasma that they had to trash because they didn't realize that she was like in a trash compactor where she like rallies troops or something at Starkiller Base. We'll probably get that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if we get... So originally, like, um, Uncar Plutt doesn't uh, init- like send his... Or Finn doesn't rescue Ray from Unkar Plutt's thugs. That's where Constable Zuvio was supposed to step in. So it'd be interesting to have that scene just because that character's still around. They're still like releasing goddamn action figures of him. But it, it would like be out of completely out of place, just like the Phasma scene. Like I think if they're not going to worry about like an extended cut or anything, that that'll allow them to be like, well, here's all the Gwendolyn Christie we have. There you go. 
Whenever I think about Kylo Ren getting picked up off of the planet, I think of Donald Gleason like physically picking him up and <laughs> carrying him like <laughs> like that episode of Buffy where um anyway, uh, where a character gets super strong and carries someone like that's too big for them to carry. That's why I think of Donald Gleason as the planet explodes behind him carrying Kylo Ren like he's a damsel in his arms. Um so yeah, I'd like to see that deleted scene. <laughs> have we have I completely right. lost the track? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. Um so that's about where we are with The Force Awakens. I think we could talk about episode 8 before going behind the spoiler wall because nobody knows anything. Uh. So, here's what we I mean, okay, that's not true. Here's what we do know. And it's <laughs> it's all official though. So that's that's the way to go. Uh, episode 8 has started filming. Uh, it's officially added Laura Dern and Benicio Del Toro to the cast. And it's production. Who are they playing? No idea. Uh, but Benicio Del Toro is probably the, a But we're starting the Laura Dern is Mara Jade campaign right now. Right? What? No, Laura Dern has to be raised uh, mama. Isn't, aren't we saying Mara Jade is raised mom? Oh. I don't think she'll be in it. They're not going to bring that back. Uh, that, that universe is dead. No, I don't think so. Why? What makes you think that? That universe uh, is dead like Jon Snow. I, <laughs> I think they're just waiting to start bringing back select characters. There's just no reason to. Uh, yes. I mean, there's no reason to bring back Mara Jade when you could also just bring make a new character that could be badass, but that doesn't X out the possibility of it happening. It just seems like you're you're bringing baggage to get flamed by fans, a certain sect of fans. If you make it Mara Jade, and if you make it someone completely new, there can be no complaints. Um. I mean, yes. Maybe. Maybe I don't know, because it's not like Mara Jade's story, like origin story or whatever, is like essential to what we like about the character. We like her because she's a badass, and you know, is wasn't she people. Luke's student? No, she was trying to hunt Luke down uh, mm. while they were. She was working for a warlord on a planet where they discovered a lizard that repelled the Force. So they all walked around with these lizards on their shoulders, and she this hated Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hated Luke Skywalker uh, until eventually, you know, they fell in begrudging love and became each other's equals. But like, if you're just going to skip to the end of that, it doesn't have to be Mara Jade. It just needs to be someone like Mara Jade. But it also needs to have the lizards. I mean, the lizards would be a nice thing to bring back into canon. I just don't. But the think point being, that. we all think we all think that Laura Dern is Ray's mom. I think Laura Dern's Ray's mom, but Laura Dern is not hooking up with Luke Skywalker. Not currently, uh, or never. Nev- well, she did. But... <laughs> she did in high school once. <laughs> First time she got drunk, it happened. Okay, we, we weren't going to talk about it anymore. But she is not the mama. She is not the mother. <laughs> She's the mother. He is not the father. Sorry, I'm oh, getting Luke my Mori the... wires oh, you crossed. Think, you think Luke is not the father? No, I don't. Okay, great. <laughs> so like, what... as long as she's the mom. I don't know. I so then can uh... we, um, is Han can the father? Can we get Jeff Goldblum in this movie as the father then? <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, or actually, Laura Dern got <laughs> pregnant when she stuck her hand in Triceratops poop. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Wait, That's, hey, no. I don't. I don't make the rules. <laughs> I don't know how Midorians no, work. Wait, no, no. For real, do you think that Laura Dern's character 
made Ray with Han Solo? I don't know. I don't think that Ray. I'm hoping. I think I may have mentioned this on the uh, earlier Star Wars special, but that I'm hoping it kind of lines up with Les Misérables, and that Ray is just another very important figure. That maybe whatever made Luke and the Skywalker lineage important is not necessarily just in the Skywalker lineage. That there are there are others. There is another, um, and that. Luke becomes kind of a foster father to her after her mother dies, something Les Miserables-like. And then, um, or, or you know, I also think that she gets dropped off on Jakku um, by someone because we see that in the flashback and we see, what's what's Simon Pegg's character's name? I can never, Uncar- I can never. Uncar- Uncar- yeah, Plot. so she, she gets uh, given to him. Um, so it's kind of like a Tenardier situation, right? So if Luke falls for Laura Dern, uh, who is her mother, and Laura Dern had to give her away for some reason in a Tenardier-type situation, then Luke goes back to Jakku to train her. Or, so uh, she's von Toon, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck And he's Jean Valjean. Maybe, Mar- and... maybe Max von Sydow is Jean Valjean. Mm. not exactly sure. But Les Mis is my touchstone here for why <laughs> I don't think they're related, but they are connected. Neil, what's your, what's your theory? I don't know. My brain just glossed over. <laughs> talking about Les Mis. I'll send you the soundtrack. <laughs> she is a blonde woman, so she could be Ray's mother. I think so a lot of people. That. I think a lot of people were hoping that Ray's mother would be British, which would explain why Ray has a British accent. I would even hope that it'd be cooler right. if it if it wasn't like that and be like, whoa, people. Yeah, but is like the real- is that is that dialect like the dialect of People who live alone on Jakku. Then? <laughs> I mean, did she learn? I don't it from understand Uncle where Plot? that comes from. Yeah, I mean, if she, she didn't learned it get from that Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg has a British accent. Sort of. He's got a mm-hmm. uh, portions. Accent. Portions. Yeah. This is how I speak now. <laughs> <laughs> they should cast you as some sort of whatever the new chimney sweep is in the Mary Poppins uh, sequel. So who do you th- wait. So who do we think that Benicio? Whoa! whoa hold on. Oh. I don't think Laura Dern's Ray's mother. What do you think, Dave? Oh, I think she's uh, whoever the new uh, Re- Republic head is. She's a Mon Mothma type. That whole mm-hmm. lot just got blown up. They're not going to let so Princess boring. Leia step to the forefront. She is a battle-hardened something. I think with Laura Dern and Benicio Del Toro, we got our new force that's going to be fighting for this episode. I don't want Laura Dern to be a politician. That sounds so boring. I want her to be someone who shoots things. That may not necessarily have to be the mutually exclusive mutually exclusive things mm-hmm. in a post Senate world. Every time there's no Senate, things go to shit really fast in the Star Wars <laughs> universe. Just like factions out the wazoo. So I, I like Laura Dern for a uh, like a Mon Mothma in- inheritor. I, I did make a joke when I was on vacation that. Uh, Laura Dern, when I should have been doing something more important than being on Twitter and talking about Laura Dern cast in Star Wars, um, that she made a very good Force ghost in Wild, and I feel like maybe Wild was is the reason good, she was cast here. That was a good tweet. But, uh, like, it was funny at first, but then I'm like, <laughs> one of your better tweets. Be legit. This could be legit. She has a very good presence as like a, I'm appearing before you kind of moment. So That's true. She's like ethereal in that way. very wise, yes. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. if, I, if I do like Laura Dern for the father, for the mother, then she has to be dead. Maybe she's Snoke. 
I think restoring Ray's family to her entirely would neuter the character's like initial draw call to adventure in a way that would put too much reliance on being a Jedi and like that doesn't seem like a way forward that I want to go through. All right, sorry, I won't be happy until Laura Dern is Snoke, so that's all I want now. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, I was actually to you. I was actually going to suggest that they recast uh, Snoke as Benicio del Toro, just without any makeup. It's just that's what he looks like now. Well, yeah, I really hope that Snoke looks nothing like. It's not even just like a smaller version of what we saw. I just hope Snoke just either is Benicio del Toro, Laura Dern, or Andy Circus with no makeup, and he's like, it's, it's part of be. my mystique, you know. I think he's gonna. I don't think it's a Wizard of Oz situation. I know. I just hope it is because it's those effects. It'd were be terrible. more fun. Well, I want to believe in Ryan Johnson and his sense of humor, mm-hmm. but it's that's not true. Wait, so, who is Benicio del Toro? Villain. Uh, the two things that, or the two. No, I haven't heard anything. The two the uh, theories that I like mm-hmm. the most are one, he's um, the person that um, found Snoke initially when they pushed out. Uh, to the out of out past the outer rim and found like the source of the dark side or however Snoke uh, re-entered the galactic thing from his like broken state, like somebody brought him in, uh, which could possibly be Benicio del Toro's character, who's hinted at being at the end of uh, Star Wars Aftermath, and we know Aftermath's getting a part two and a part three, so it'd be interesting to sort of like bring this character through the whole universe, but have him sort of peak in episode eight. Wait, uh, so he's going to be like the Peter Pettigrew of Star Wars? He's going to carry baby Snoke into a pot and like give him his arm? I bring would, him back to life? I would say more like a Tarkin Pettigrew, but sure. Like that sort of, the, the strong military leader who saw the Empire trying to put itself back together and was like, screw this noise, we're going elsewhere, and then found this like great dark side power or, you know, if we were doing Knights of the Old Republic, he finds the Star Forge that allows him to build a whole bunch of ships. But he finds, like, something that allows the First Order to rise faster than they're expected to. And, like, he, there, that puts him in, like, the highest position that isn't Snoke and maybe above Snoke. And I really like the... Um, I really like the decentralized... Or, like, the, the two sources of evil power. There's, like, the 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 first order that's you know political and there's snoke who's like dark side force but they're not in one person like they were in the emperor for two trilogies i like the sort of like they're different different paths to evil like there's more complexity to the first order than there was to the empire at least from a power structure standpoint or just like the force is evolving in ways that where it's not always white knight versus black knight anymore it's going to be uh these turmoil people i I guess the other thing that i've heard is that benicio del toro is um like either the progenitor of the knights of ren or like the last remnants of uh sith worshipers and when snoke's like it's time to complete his training he's just gonna dump like scarred kylo ren at benicio del toro's feet and that way Episode eight is the training of our two main heroes as we lead oh. into nine to their major. So showdown. wait, so Mads Mikkelsen is not playing evil in Rogue One, right? Like he's no reform, reformed evil, kind uh, of. 
at least, well, he actually has that's come a out theory. And said, he's actually come out and said he's not playing the bad guy, and that's all he's going to say. And so, okay, that's well, that's great because if if we had Mad, Mads Mikkelsen and Benicio del Toro as as two Star Wars villains, I would say that's like just the most predictable casting. I would like Benicio to not be a villain. Maybe oh, Lord Dern should be the villain. Yes. Maybe Benicio del Toro is Ray's mom. Yes, and, and Lord Dern. Dern is Snoke. Is Lady Snoke. <laughs> Snoke's wife. Yeah. Super agent. But she's Lady a normal Snoke. human and he's not. Yeah. So it's, it's awkward. Weird. Clean out my cheek hole. <laughs> you know he right. needs some help with that. <laughs> do you know do we know anything else spoiler free about episode eight or rogue one? Oh, it's called Space Bear and I love it. Right, we saw uh, Carrie Fisher tweeted a photo of Gary Fisher, her dog, in a in a director's chair that said "Space Bear" mm-hmm. on the I mean, back of it. This is the working title. That was what it was going to be called, but it's so nice they're just being out there with it because it's like no one's going to mistake this for anything else. I don't know if we've talked about it on air, but like it's, we're going to get less fewer spoilers for these upcoming movies than we did for the previous ones, uh, just because they got smarter. And I mean. One, they have like anti-drone things now, so basically all our aerial shots are going to be shot. So as soon as production flies into somewhere, it's going to like shut down from an information standpoint. And last time when Harrison Ford broke his leg, production halted, and because of certain contracts, a concept art group got let go, and that's where all that stuff started leaking. And this time, I almost guarantee you they're not going to let anything like that happen again. So it's all, it's a longer, going to be a longer speculation game than it was uh, for... Building sets, though? They are building sets. Doors in episode eight. Yes. There are portals. Definitely. (laughs) Confirmed. There are portals. Portals confirmed. (laughs) It also seems like eventually it'll be a movie that shows us a little bit more pre-release. Like when they get into the marketing churn. It won't. They won't have to be as. Will they have to? I mean, it's kind of like they They won't have to. But the anticipation meant they didn't have to show much for Episode Seven, and now since we know all the characters, they don't have to show much, right? They're just like show up. Come on, raise back. But they also don't have to necessarily be as secretive. (laughs) That's Um, true. When they get into like the press tour and trailers and stuff like that. Although you could make an entire trailer out of like X wings and Tie fighters just flying around, and people be like, huh. And yeah, it, I mean, it looks exactly like any other movie. I mean, their launch trailer, which was like granted a minute, nobody had to give us anything, so I should be grateful. But I'm not even sure that is from episode eight shooting, the whole like revisiting the Luke and Leia stuff, because his camera's not pointed in that direction when he says cut. And it's like, I'm not exactly sure if that's, they went back to shoot that exact same stuff that seems... Luke and Ray stuff? Right. Well, I mean, people made the argument uh, that no Star Wars movie starts immediately after the previous one ends. That just doesn't happen. There's at least a couple it would be months, weird. sometimes like years. Check and, uh, Ryan Johnson's geotags on his tweets to see if he was actually... Uh... Well, we know, we know he was on Carrie in September, uh, so that's when all that footage was shot. And now he's, yeah, he's not there. Um, and then we know they're going to go to Iceland and and back to Ireland to but shoot they more could still be on. They could still be on that island, and she's just at the point where she's, like, doing headstands and raising 
carrying Luke yeah. on her back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, I just think the whole. <laughs> I hope that happens. <laughs> no, me too. <laughs> in terms of uh, learning more on this one than we did on episode seven, like I still think it's it's extreme lockdown. Like Ryan Johnson's going to be nicer to us in terms of like letting things know or we're not going to get like coy. Like I want the Apple watch tweets out of Luke's hand, like three days into production. Uh, but we might actually get to like learn some <laughs> official location names before we learn them from a Lego box or something like that. That's right. more what I would look for. Although now that I'm kind of dwelling on it, I could see this movie picking up right where it left off because if you jumped ahead in time, how would you there's so much we have to learn, you know, like what's going on with Luke and what where's he been and you know, there, he's not necessarily going to be training Ray. They're not going to be partners in crime all of a sudden. If if all of a sudden he was training her, how would you get through that part? Like there's so much exposition you'd have to barf up. Like it would not be an enjoyable experience. So I almost wonder if just to fill in the blanks and answer some of the questions that that last moment raises, uh, you have to start right away. Mm, I think it's more likely that we're starting this with Finn and his relationship to the rising resistance and not dealing with Ray initially right off the bat. Cause that's going to be everyone's question, but we have a new Asian character to introduce that was originally two Hispanic characters and uh, I'm sorry. What they had two Hispanic characters, and they made them an Asian character. Okay, is that, is that okay. the math? No, 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 we know no, that Gina Rodriguez was auditioning for one of the characters. Oh. That's what we know, right? Yes, there were two female roles that were being auditioned for separately when production shut down briefly, so Ryan Johnson can rewrite it to. In the rumor was up the participation of Poe wasn't supposed to survive episode seven initially, and um, Finn because the characters had hit on much more than they thought. Um, they reduced those two roles to one role. Maybe it's the woman who was flying in the battle in the end? Well, then No, the it's, stuff- not, it's not, because they've cast an actress, and it's oh. not Jessica Henwick from Game of Thrones, who was the woman flying in the battle. But Tatiana Maslany and Gina Rodriguez were auditioning for either the same role or two different roles. I don't know, where did you get two Latino actors from, Dave? I just heard there were two dreams. I hope I heard there were two roles, (laughs) and that the rumor is that they've cast this Asian woman in order to be more friendly to the Asian markets. Is that true, Dave? Um, I think it could have been gender or sorry, race, whatever. But uh, this was a good direction, and she seems to be a good actress from the commercials I've seen her in. But yeah, I don't know. I think this is the un- this is the undiscovered property. She's the Daisy Ridley. Yeah, of this yeah. of this movie, which makes me think, you know, you you make a love triangle with her because you don't let Finn and Poe get romantically involved, even though everybody would love it. And you know, John Boyega has been training twice as hard, according to like his Instagram, and you could see he's like built. And he's been tweeting a lot of stuff from production about like choosing a side or this is where we fight them. And so I think. Uh, what they're shooting now would be a good place for to start the movie, which is just like what? Why is Finn still around? You know, Ray's off doing crazy Jedi stuff. He doesn't understand why he can't see her. He decides what he's going to fight for because we have a lot of mysteries surrounding him too. And I feel like it's oh so good storytelling to just delay the gratitude of Ray and Kylo Ren, like well. Ultimate Origins. 
the other thing we know about this new female character is that at least one of the roles, like uh, at least the role that Gina Rodriguez was auditioning for was a chemistry read with John Boyega. So we do know that this will be a love interest, if not the love interest for Finn, right? Likely. Yeah. Or, and that, that also that that character might potentially be around for a little while. Cause otherwise, why would you care? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> every role matters. Sure. Well, I mean, every role gets an action figure and a Star Wars trading card. That's for sure. But I mean, that's that's like almost the most we know about Episode Eight. Is that Finn's gonna have a girl or a, not a girlfriend, but like a love interest who's not Ray? That's yep. that's like the most we know <laughs> about this movie, to be honest. So and doors, doors, enter and exit. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and they're going doors. to King's Landing. Yes, yeah. yes. Let's kind of look it, it. Yeah, because they're no, filming. It's the in, same city. Yeah, oh. they're filming in Dubrovnik, which is where they film King's Landing for Game of Thrones. So, uh, you you can go online and see photos of these very space agey looking portals that open onto streets that look like where Cersei did her walk of shame for a reason. So, yeah. yeah. Well, the reason is the production's not fully there yet because the second there's like somebody on scene. Uh, I'm gonna shut those photos down. We're not gonna down. see any photos. What we will start getting is much like Game of Thrones. What cast members come through the airport, uh, or who's drinking in the bars later? There was a there was a or who club. HBO paid to hang around set for an entire season. Even the characters supposed People to be dead. Just moved to this city, to this town. <laughs> There, there was a hot 12 hours where I was on Facebook trying to figure out if this one guy claiming to be with Benicio Del Toro and Dubrovnik was full of shit or not. And he was. So that's the level of craziness we're at with episode eight at this point. All right. It's crazy. All right. I'm going to call it. We're going to go into Rogue One. We're starting to get some details on Rogue One. So Is this, here, is this our gentle spoiler warning? Here comes your gentle spoiler okay. warning. Don't try to frighten us with your sorcerer's ways, Lord Vader. Your sad devotion to that ancient religion has not helped you conjure up the stolen data tapes, or given you clairvoyance enough to find the rebels' hidden fort. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Enough of this. Vader, release him. As you wish. All right. Rogue One. Oh man, so much stuff about where where did we last leave off with what we knew about Rogue One? We talked about Mads Mikkelsen maybe being like an Oppenheimer like guy who hired uh, Felicity Jones's character to get the Death Star plans, right? And we talked and about maybe, multiple X-wing crashes. We talked about multiple X-wing crashes, and that maybe she was his daughter. Maybe she was his daughter. Cool. Uh, none of those facts have significantly changed except what I mentioned before. <laughs> uh, Mads Mikkelsen-wise, he has said he's not playing a villain. So I don't know how that complicates or confirms our story, but that's... that's I mean, that's something. in line with the story, right? Yeah, the whole it feels point like is a he was with the Empire, and then he was kind of a turncoat. And then yeah. so he wouldn't be a or, he, or he's a scientist who was put under the thumb of the Empire. Mm. You know, yes. like he was, you know, an un or a, you know, unwilling collaborator. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's going to be kind of cool in terms of seeing some range from a guy I've been seeing eat people on NBC for a few years. <laughs> I hope Mads Mikkelsen is not even in the movie. He just voices like a Geonosian 
scientist. You're thinking of Doctor Strange, but oh, yes. we'll be getting there in November. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, like, rando spoiler for Doctor Strange dropped in here. Yeah, wait, did um, monster that? Uh, so many questions, sorry. <laughs> um, so, I guess what else we've learned is uh, making Star Wars seems to have some connection to, uh, I don't know, some sort of production materials. We got a lot of, like, nicknames uh, for things and people which has revealed that there's going to be a ton of different types of stormtroopers in this movie in terms of representing some variants on the side of the Empire. Uh, they're the three helmets that we talked about, uh, which have been, uh, I think, called uh, Death Trooper for the Dark One, which is going to be different than like a Shadow Trooper, which is going to be a black but normally helmeted stormtrooper. Uh, which is going to be fun. So that's two different types of black troopers. There's the normal white stormtrooper, and there's the sand trooper, which is being called the scarab trooper. And that's just Why is the one calling that. Uh, because it looks like a sand. beetle. Yeah. I don't know. It just it uh, sounds mildly racist to me. Oh, it's like a, it's like <laughs> an assault team. Oh, there's no <laughs> Egypt in a galaxy far, far know. away. I'm just saying. Scar- Wait, so shadow trooper, death trooper, scarab trooper. Boring, boring old white trooper. Right. So from what I, from vague speculations, the sand trooper is terrain specialized, and uh, sand slash scarab trooper is terrain specialized. Um, the death trooper that is like the ultimate version of a shadow trooper, and the shadow troopers are slightly more elite than the stormtroopers. Okay. So like the SS. Like- <laughs> well, like the but way it, uh, the Force Awakens specialized their troopers to a certain degree, someone either at marketing or in Star Wars was like, "More of that! That this works, right?" So this is, that. but the, more this toys. is going to be for collectors, <laughs> and will help, probably have no bearing on like the plot or like the casual viewer, right? Well, yeah, can we cas- get that fourteen-inch Death Trooper? Yeah, the casual viewer is just going to be like that. That trooper is kind of dun colored, and that he got cool is- gun. Yeah. Like... Well, the the it's the interesting thing would be is uh, if they specialize. So, like, if there is a sand trooper and a scarab trooper, and like the scarabs are like the navy seals of the sand troopers, but it's uh, I guess demoting or adding more divisions to the military lines. So it's not like Darth Vader. Everybody else is the main purpose of adding more troopers. Well, oh, the yeah. marketing's nice. Gareth Edwards but... has been saying it's a war movie, right? So it needs to feel. It has to be as intricate as as war, oh, right? Um, so hopefully they get the war Italians movie. Okay. Cool. So like the Death Trooper could be like an actual like one guy. It may not be a class of trooper, and he oh like, like the corm- the Chrome Trooper. Yeah, exactly. Mm. We don't really know how that's going to shake out yet. Just that we the more we hear about Rogue One, the more like different types of crazy troopers there are. Seal um, Team Six Death Troopers. Yeah, or we could also, you be... know, for kids. <laughs> kids love them. <laughs> hey, kids had GI Joes. Why can't they have b- Death Dark Troopers? Trooper, Death Troopers. <laughs> Are yeah. you kidding? There's My, no um... way they're called Death Troopers. <laughs> There's no way. Why is Disney's that? Disney's Death Troopers. Yeah, Walt Disney presents Death Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for Death Troopers to have their own uh, episode in uh, Disney XD Star Wars. When they rep- actually end up being Death Troopers, Dave is going to play this audio back to us of us like mm-hmm. laughing gaily. And he's going to be like, see, guys, I told you. 
rated mm-hmm. R. I'm taking this all very seriously. Yeah. D- death Troopers. Okay, sorry. We're gonna bring no. death to you. <laughs> Disney presents. Walt Disney presents Death Troopers. I would see that. Hmm, Deadpool did really well at the box office. Let's call them Death Troopers. <laughs> I don't can fuck we, you, Troopers. Can we call yeah. them? D- Death poolers? No, that's probably going to be a problem. Okay, what about death troopers? All right, fine. That's like different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the rest of our nicknames apply to our other characters and aren't necessarily interesting on their face, but they are interesting in talking about the different uh, factions that are going to be represented. So apparently, if you're a good character, you're given uh, like. The, a seal nickname. So Felicity Jones code name on set was the green seal leader and Jen Wen, who's the guy in the cast photo with like the red breastplate who looks like some sort of crazy weapons expert expert. He's called seal communicator blue. So colors, not exactly sure what that has to do with, but seals definitely look seal like names guys. like, <laughs> yep. The different troopers were amended with shark. So it appears that M- Imperials would be different types of sharks and the person that stood out on the good guy's side is uh, Forrest Whitaker's character, who was called Eel Commander. So that adds our third of the, the sharks, the seals, and the eels. This is, true. If- this is too true to life. I, you know, I don't buy this. They don't have sharks in Star Wars. No, no, these are the code names. These are like code names like on set, right? Oh, on right. set. Right. So you can't say like, this is Felicity Jones's trailer. You're like Green Seal Leader trailer. Gotcha, um, gotcha, but gotcha. the reason it's important is because it represents the three spheres of Star Wars people. You have your, you know, pirates, bounty hunters, guys who are out for themselves. That's probably like the eels, which hopefully that's Forrest Whitaker's character if he's the eel commander. Uh, and then you have your sharks, which will be your imperials, and your seals, which will be your rebels. And so that sounds cool and maybe lets us know something about Forrest Whitaker that we didn't know before, but other... See, I was, <laughs> I was telling Dave I thought they should be called the Sharks and the Jets, like, quite obviously. <laughs> yes, there's going to be a whole dance number. <laughs> snapping is involved. Force snapping. Oh, a lot of force snapping. <laughs> uh, I want to see that movie. And I can't wait to play the tabletop version of this movie. Uh, <laughs> it's going to make a great game. Oh, yeah. The video game is going to be out of this world. Actually, it it's just going to be another level on Battlefront. Yeah, it's just going to be a DLC on Battlefront. <laughs> <laughs> Which, have you played that with its film grain filter on yet? No, I, I yet, don't understand either. why you would want to do that, but well, that, yeah, they upgraded if- a new Hoth level in Battlefront and the ability to add film grain to this very clear, crisp digital image. I don't know. I don't get that. It's gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to play it just to see why I would maybe want film grain, because obviously it's a feature that they decide to patch rather than, you know, rebalance the guns the, right, the first time out or something. Anyway. Hey, hey Neil. Yeah. Uh, Ro- Rogue One Risk? Yeah? Oh, yeah. Well, All Star right. Wars Risk already exists. Yeah, but Rogue One Risk. I mean, I'm in. Yeah. All right, great. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Cool other things to talk about with Rogue One. Just a little tidbit. Uh, there will be the thing that, um, I guess, The Force Awakens didn't really do that calls back to the original trilogy that Rogue One will get to do is the classic dressing up as Imperials and pretending your way into a secure location. So uh, Felicity Jones is going to go as a gunner, but Diego Luna's character 
is feeling a little more risky, so he's going to dress up as an Imperial commander. No idea why or when this happens, but heads up, guys. Probably when they steal the plans for the Death Star. That would be a safe assumption. What an interesting call. (laughs) But that'll be the uh, new... But we already had that scene. That scene happened in episode 7. The riff happened. I mean, Finn getting Poe out of there. I mean, the rescue happened, but the whole masquerading... uh, Like putting on the uniform that doesn't belong to you. Yes. Just what the the modern Star Wars universe was missing. That scene from... The first Star Wars. Great. I mean, every great movie has more it. scenes Indiana, that mirror the original trilogy. Indiana yeah, Jones dressing as Nazi, a Nazi, the Wizard of Oz, they just Darth Vader, all three of them, or whatever. All, all right. six people on the <laughs> plan. Well, Wait. I thought there was only one Darth Vader. No. <laughs> oh, and awful. then they and then they do like a, a dance routine. Dave, uh, what's this Darth Vader rumor? Oh, there there could be multiple Darth Vaders because there were several Darth Vader suits that were built for Rogue One, a Star Wars story. But we now know that they are some of them were stunt suits, which means Darth Vader totally in this movie, much more than I thought ever before. And rumor is uh, he might be the big bad that comes in for the final action sequence. And, you know, well, you know how he's so pissed at the beginning of uh, A New Hope? And he's like never that angry again in the entire series. This might this might be why. And so we're getting um, like the Darth Vader suit and and Jimmy Earl Jones coming into. I don't know why I decided to call him Jimmy Earl Jones. <laughs> James Earl Jones. I tried it out, didn't work. James Earl Jones coming in to do the voice. Well, if you're getting Darth Vader, James Earl Jones is doing it for Rebels. So I would imagine, yeah, this is pure this oh. is pure Darth Vader. I didn't know that he does it for Rebels. Okay, okay, great. Yeah, he's going to be coming in, and I don't think he's going to be there consistently, but this is a good way to bridge into... There was a rumor coming out of Toy Fair of what the Rogue One packaging is going to look like. Jesus. (laughs) I don't... (laughs) Okay. This is what you missed last year, Patches. (laughs) It's going to have a big moon on it. or No, it's going to have the Death Star on it, of course. It's going to look like that teaser trailer they put out. It's going to be like green and blue and Death Star. It is going to have the main rebels in the hero V pose, you know, with Felicity Jones at the front. And in the top right is a Darth Vader helmet and profile. And in the bottom left is our mysterious white caped person who I don't know if I've ever addressed him in this podcast before. But there's this other character that I have no idea how he fits into the political context. I think it's Ben Mendelsohn, and he wears a white white cape. Ooh. I don't. I I'm, I question this Darth Vader rumor because early on, one of the first things Gareth Edwards said about Rogue One was that there were not, there were not going to be Jedi. It was not going to be like a Force power lightsaber swinging movie. It was going to be down and dirty and a war movie and just about people with blasters. So to have Darth Vader enter seems to contradict his like definitive broad statement about the movie. Well, I'm going to paint a speculative picture for you, which is that <laughs> paint it with your, your words. Yes. Melodious voice. Um, uh, ben Mendelssohn's white caped guy, I think is your, your ultimate badass here. And uh, there are many more things to worry about in the galaxy at this point. And so I think 
Vader is like a denouement. He's like a character that enters the battle scene and starts tearing it apart, like as you're retreating, mission accomplished. Much like Battlefront. (laughs) Yes, much like Battlefront. I don't think it's going to be a constant Vader threat, but if we learn like anything from the way Vader runs his operations from the ongoing Vader comic or from the original series, he's perfectly happy to let somebody else take care of it until everything goes to shit. And then he has to, you know, get down and dirty. So like rumors is they're having people doing speculative concept art of Darth Vader in battle. So that means if we were to do this, what were the cool things we could actually do? Which means there's not like a script that's like Darth Vader has to do this in order to move the plot forward. It means if there's a Vader, Vader battle sequence, how were the coolest ways he could kill rebels? Luckily, you know? every concept artist has been drawing that since they were 10 years old. No. Exactly. <laughs> so you're saying, so you're saying that we watched like, say the casual film goer, say Apaches, who has not seen any hmm. trailers goes in like like he did for Force Awakens, and and this poor Patches proxy is sitting there having uh, watched the whole movie, and they're like, yes, they're getting away, mission accomplished, this is great, and then all of a sudden Vader's going to show up, and slice gonna be a like, few heads. Oh damn! And then like heroes, yeah, that we thought were going to make it are not going to make it because Vader's on the scene. I think that Vader is a trump card. And, like, if you watch New Hope, it's several minutes in between the end of this movie and the beginning of New Hope. Like, the, they get, like, radio signaled the plans to the Carillion freighter that, you know, Leia's on. And Vader immediately is, like, where that radio transmission goes. Up there, go get me that ship. And that's how he, like, strides in the movie. So I really think, like... You know, if they wanted to end another Star Wars movie with Vader yelling no to the sky, Rogue One could be that movie. I don't think they, I think (laughs) in line with everything we saw in Episode 7 and how that connected back to the past, the first trilogy, there's no way this movie doesn't end with like a direct setup to the beginning of Star Wars 77. Don't you think? Like, how does this movie end? It must end with the plans coming back and then the ships, that, that opening sequence from episode or episode uh, whatever it's called. Four. Four? Four. A New Hope? Um, whatever. <laughs> Fuck you, Star Wars. I can't keep track. Uh, oh, well, no. You know, it's, it's definitely going to sync up. They just love it. They're too clever. And I'm saying this out of love. But I don't necessarily need this, they're, but they're going to do that, right? The whole point of making a pre- episode four movie that plays into a thread that we heard in that movie means it's definitely going it's taking all its glee in connecting like legos like star wars legos oh my goodness but but won't that be kind of strange because the look of the gareth edwards film is going to be so different from the 77 film um i don't think by the time we get to that point in the plot like i think it's more like things go bad the plans go off are you know you know rebels are like do you think we made a difference and someone's like yeah they're gonna get those plans and then like get away and then like up in the stars you see a gigantic star destroyer just like encompassing the leia's ship and it's like oh maybe they're not gonna get away it's gonna be like yeah it's gonna be like back to the (laughs) three or terminator genesis where you're like remember that scene here's the other angle this is what was happening and you didn't even know And, and is that gonna tick you off patches Sounds I'm like it kind is. Of, I'm going to throw my hands up in the air and be like, do we need this? Um, because I, I am so behind 
the Star Wars Chronicles. I'm so behind doing all sorts of different movies and different pockets of the universe. But it, it's going to become increasingly frustrated. And this is just the business that they have to make everything tie back. I don't know if they do, quite honestly, even from business standpoints. I don't think everything has to be part of the Skywalker story or throw back to the original trilogy. I don't know why... Maybe it'll be I mean, Kathleen Kennedy has a real affection for it because she was, you know, she's been around forever. So that's part of the agenda and like doing the Han Solo prequel movie and all this stuff. But like, we don't need it. We don't need it. And this movie sounded cool on its own until I, it dawned on me that it's all just to sync up and have that Russian nostalgia again. No, I think that's not, that's the only reason why, obviously. And I think if, if they do it well, you're going to watch the movie, you're going to be caught up in these characters. And when like, I don't know, Diego Luna or Felicity Jones dies at the last second and you're really sad, you're not going to be that worried about this little nod to matching up to the next movie. Right, because I just don't want it to take away from the power of like the death of these new characters. Oh, well, I want to feel that, or like Felicity Jones getting away and being a true hero. Very cool. I don't want to deflate that by. Well, the real point of this was to to have this moment where you're like, "Oh fuck, we're back in the original trilogy." Mm -hmm. I mean, it it depends on what the emotional. um, What the I think Joanna's right. It, It depends on what what the emotional weight of the story that happens before that is and how much it feels like that matters. The tie-in could just be kind of like a nice tag at the end. Yeah. Like a post-credit stinger even like it, it's not the point. It's just, you know, a PS or it is, it is kind of, I mean, it's sort of like, I don't know if you guys are watching better call Saul, but the fact that like you're watching this breaking Brad, Brad, bad prequel, you're watching this character and you know that they're headed right. towards tragedy uh, tinges every single victory. So if you watch Felicity Jones and and et al have their victorious moment and know that it's not all for naught, but it's not, you right. know, it's well, that's interesting. Thing, like if it, the Oppenheimer idea seems really intriguing, um, but we're kind of past that. If that's true, then this is still already about taking down the weapon, not the accidental creation of a weapon. It's not going to be that poignant or dark. It's going to be about undoing something. So we kind of missed comparing it to um, like Better Call Saul, one of the very few prequels that really works. Love the show. Um, But that's about the descent into something we know is going to be horrible. And like, how can someone so nice get there? Um, I don't really see that happening in this movie because we're already kind of upswinging if this is really a, I mean it's definitely about stealing the plants we know it's about stealing the Death Star plants so that's not a descent into something bad when we pick up with episode 4 things are finally starting to go right so it's interesting yeah I mean it's I, I by the time it's Vader time shows by the time Vader shows up if our story isn't over that's a misstep in my story department like anything that happens after that, like the second Vader steps in your movie, your movie is linking to episode four. And I totally right, exactly. see like why they're doing that. But that's why I like the idea of him coming in being like, everybody fucked it up but me. Here we go. And then like for the first time, things don't go his way because the Vader comics thus far have just been him winning his way in every single one of those situations. I was about to ask, are you guys reading Star Wars comics still? Because I kind of turned away from them after a little while because I was getting frustrated in a similar way, seeing characters I knew kind of repeat the same actions or relive the same moments as throwbacks. And I found a very frustrating reading experience. But uh, I mean, I haven't 
kept up with it because I'm going through a minor Marvel boycott until they, Donald Trump is not a nominee for president. Or if he just is the president, I guess I'll give up, whatever the fuck. But um, <laughs> I think we're Then in, none of it matters. That's Walt Disney Presents Death Troopers, man. We're, we're taking like these little... Then we're all moving to Dubrovnik. Yeah. <laughs> We're taking these little baby stick steps away from the intellectual property that they feel like safe exploiting. And I think like we're obviously a Han Solo spinoff movie far enough away from, you know, having wholly original characters. But like what I've heard from Rogue One sounds really exciting because it's a non-saga movie and it's the first time we've ever seen that. And, of course, they were going to put Darth Vader on the marketing because, like, they learned with Kylo Ren falsely. Like, they don't trust non-knowable characters being the front-facing thing of their Star Wars thing. So until we have, you know, really strong characters that could be in the front of the marketing, Darth Vader is going to have to pop up. I could only just hope he just pops up at the end. What if at the end our heroes flying away say... Set a course for Alderaan, and then <laughs> <laughs> we'll be safe we know there. That the safest planet, the unsinkable planet. <laughs> yeah, that's my prediction. <laughs> that's a good. So, one. Rogue One, we basically know nothing. Right. <laughs> okay, we know there's a there's the there's the disguise scene. There's an X-wing crash scene that takes place with Scarab troopers. And there, there's uh, maybe maybe some some bounty hunters involved. It's more than we knew last month. True. <laughs> Baby and then, steps. Uh, I don't know when we're going to actually start getting stuff. So like, when are we uh, going to find out who? Oh, did they already cast Young Hansel? When I forgot. No, I don't think that's happened yet. I thought that they were gonna like when when they like got to shortlist time. Weren't they saying like we're gonna have this Young Hansel within a couple weeks? Do you think they secret they secretly cast him and are just not telling us? Uh, I don't know. Because uh, it's sort of like a an Iron Fist situation where he's going to be, or or the rumor that I read is that he's going to show up in, a, in either Rogue One, which doesn't make any sense, or Episode Eight before his own Han Solo movie. Which seems weird to me uh, just from a story standpoint, but if that's possible he would have to be in rogue one which means that wrapped like weeks ago so it would have had it could to be, be it could be flash it could be flashbacks in episode eight or it could also could be, be additional photography which rogue one is more than welcome to do since it has until you know the end of the year to figure out what it is yeah flashbacks in eight feels more plausible especially if luke uh meets lord Dern. In my right. conjure version of this origin, mm. <laughs> well, because Rogue One, as you say, takes like and is going to end like a minute before Episode Four, so it doesn't make sense. We already talked about this, but it doesn't make sense for a much younger Han Solo to show up in Rogue One because he ages like Han, twenty years. Han Solo. Over yeah, 10 minutes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, well, yeah, he finally, relativity uh... applies to hyperspace. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was thinking of Interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah, I guess episode eight. I don't know about that that movie, man. I don't know what's to be gained from a Han Solo movie. Oh, I thought you meant episode eight. I'm like, I don't know the continuation of the saga. Oh no, yeah, I know episode eight. Why do we need episode eight? About two billion (laughs) dollars. Lady Snoke. I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, I I think aren't we all on that team that we don't need a young Han Solo movie? I think right? that was it's, it's like a Yoda prequel. It's like why? I, was, I try why? not to be a hater about these things. Like I want to be more positive because I just know people roll their eyes whenever you know announce the young Han Solo movie. Okay, everyone is gonna hate it or everyone doesn't want it, and then we'll probably like it. It's gonna be fine, but it does annoy me. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I can't stop. I just don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. I just, I don't, I don't I know. I want a young C-3PO movie. Well, I mean, we're going to get his uh, red arm story in the Marvel comics uh, this, this month, next month. We'll finally figure out why C-3PO has a red arm. I want a young Maz Kanata movie. I do want that. Which basically looks the- like the same Maz Kanata that we saw in episode seven. Yeah, just like thinner, <laughs> thinner spectacles. Just, just like a Yoda. She doesn't have to adjust them as much. Yeah, exactly. The other spoilers thing I want to talk about was I've been hearing from maybe credible sources that they're debating bringing Thrawn into Star Wars Rebels. I don't know what that means. Grand Emperor Thrawn. I know what half of that is. (laughs) Yes, uh, he was um, a... Patches, please. No, he's blue, and he's part of the Empire. Mm Mm-hmm. That's all I know. I can't remember anything else. It was so boring. He's an admiral, and <laughs> he basically uses like smarts in his tactician's brain to fight. Grand him. Admiral Thrawn. Mm-hmm. He wears it's, white. Mm-hmm. He might have a white cape. I think some people were thinking that Ben Mendelsohn might be playing Thrawn, but that seems... Again, why would you bring a retired canon figure into this new mythology. It does not make any sense. You only stand to incite the worst conversations from old school fans. There's no point. I but mean, you could make a character that's kind of like him. Like if you made like two characters who you kind of could be brother and sister, and then you thought, right. oh, maybe their parents are Han and Luke, or Han and, <laughs> Han and Leia. And then you're like, oh my God, it's just like that one thing, but it's different. Yeah, it you would can drive have Star character. Wars fans crazy. You want a blue character? Here's Blue Man. There he is. He's in. <laughs> He's Grand Admiral Sean. I mean, Tron. Sean. <laughs> I am Sean. Yeah, Grand Admiral Sean. Nice to Grand meet you. Grand Admiral Sean. I mean, the reason that the Rebels would make sense to me is because, like, basically that series constantly needs other parts of the Star Wars universe to be driving viewers to it. Right? So it's like, oh, hey, well, we're going to put a crossguard saber in here. Oh, you want to see Sith and Jedi fight? There's only one thing that's running that has that actually happening. Oh, hey, James Earl oh, hey, Jones Princess is back. Leia. Yeah. So I feel like Rebels being this part of Star Wars that is like, hey, we can introdu- reintroduce things would like blow people's minds enough to like let Thrawn exist before the rebellion. Maybe, does, but does that's all Thrawn stuff. That's all like I mean, Asaka is the only thing from like old school mythology that's kind of working its way into Rebels right now. That was formed after the original trilogy characters. I don't think Thrawn and Asaka are the. Does are the Thrawn side. have epaulets in like the official art? Because in the sketches I'm seeing, he has epaulets, which makes him look stupid. But without them, he looks like a cruise ship like captain. This is <laughs> these dress whites are not working for me. He, he's he's from a novel, so I imagine <laughs> a lot of people screwed up the portrayal. But he, he stays in your mind. But uh, that, there's one there's one fan art that I found that looks like uh, blue Christian Bale. 
Ooh, Ooh nice. Yeah. I, I want a blue Cumberbatch over Thrawn. I just want to put that out I there. I have heard that. Uh, I, I know at least one person who insists that that's the plan, but it's not somebody that actually has That is out of control. That is madness. There's absolutely no way. <laughs> well, here's the, the my argument to the whole bringing people back thing is I say start with Revan. There was like a study that came out of a guy, who a computer programmer for one of his projects, uh, wrote this script that just uh, scraped all of Wikipedia and mapped out the character connections on a bunch of different visual graphs. And the one that's like the top EU character that connects to all the other uh, characters is is Revan. He just has the most connections through lore. Not personal connections, obviously, because they're from different eras. But just everybody sort of can like feed into like Revan and Yoda and Luke and uh, the main core people. And I think like bringing that back would nod to Knights of the Old Republic existing, but without having to bring back all the Knights of the Old Republic canon. And I think that's far enough back that it'd be interesting to bring him in. Thrawn's just the character I've been hearing. Insanity. Revan! He's at least going to get an action figure. Well, of course. That, that's I'll put him next up. to my Constable Zuvio. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Well, I think that's all the new things for, for Star Wars, unless somebody else has heard something or something new broke while we were podcasting. I'll check on we'll that just second. Have to, uh, <laughs> this is where I show up to get my news. So. Yeah, exactly. I'm playing catch-up <laughs> here. So until... Uh, well, that's why we're going to do more. There will be more Star Wars talk, probably. Yeah. The every, more as, as things come out. As things actually happen. As things actually happen. we spend happen, an hour, some amount of time talking about nothing. So Talking about toys. Just imagine. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait. There was a new picture of Luke released while we were podcasting by Variety. Seriously? Yeah. He is... They're taking a light reading off of his face. He's standing in a different place on Michael, Skelling Michael Island, but wearing the same outfit. Does so he have a go. beard? Yeah, he does have a beard. It looks slightly shorter, or the wind is blowing into his face, blowing it back. There will be wind in episode eight. Yep. <laughs> there will be wind. But yeah, this photo from September. But I hear they're going to go back uh, to Ireland in April to catch the, the weather when it comes back around. So... Luke and Ray back in Ireland. Who releases? You said Variety. Uh, let's see. Disney has released the behind-the-scene picture to follow the article in Variety about the film resurgence in Ireland, which benefits world cinema. Huh. Okay. All right. Hey, new picture of Luke. While we we just summoned it by talking about it. We sure did. We'll do this for you guys every month. We will summon more news as we talk about it. Next time we'll summon a Rogue One trailer. Yes. Ooh, yeah. Or maybe that we have could to come with the Blu-ray. That uh, the Blu-ray is next month or this coming month, March. Yeah, it could come with the Blu-ray. It could come with the digital release if they were really ballsy. I've heard that there are three versions that are being tested right now, and they are based on degree of violence. Ooh. So, like, I how hard are we going to sell this as a Rogue One movie? Are you going to put the, the Death Troopers in the trailer? Is one of them going to be R-rated in response to Deadpool? <laughs> An R-rated Red Band Rogue One trailer? Oh, my God. Darth Vader breaks the, the fourth Slicing wall. Slicing heads. <laughs> Cha-cha-cha. Anyway. All right. Let's go out with reminding the people where they could find us online until we talk to them next month. Joanna. 
Uh, you can find me on VanityFair.com. You can follow me on Twitter and tell me I know nothing about comic books at Joe Wrote This. And <laughs> Mess. <laughs> oh, I am Matt Patches. I'm the entertainment editor of Thrillist.com. And you can join me in telling Joanna that she knows nothing about comic books on Twitter at Mr. Patches. <laughs> <laughs> and Neil. Uh, you can read all of my uh, very accurate Oscar predictions over at filmschoolrejects.com or you can see me tweeting about Game of Thrones uh, at Rejects. Mm. I write about Star Wars every Friday at latino-review.com and blog consistently about everything else geeky at geek.com. You can find me on Twitter at DA7E and until next month, may the force be with you.